welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on the final episode of the podcast for 2021, I'm joined by Chagas Head of Dry Stock, Pierce Kelly. As the year draws to an end, it's a good time to look back at the year gone by and to discuss what is expected in the new year and what the outlook is for 2022. Pierce, happy Christmas. You're very welcome. In many ways, 2021 has been a good year on cattle farms. Yeah, it has, Catherine. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, we had a really positive year this year on on output prices, especially. Uh, so we would have saw there really from nearly from the start of the year, we saw kind of a steady rise in in prices as the year went on, and that steady rise then in what we saw in really from kind of springtime onwards. Uh, we saw then being transferred then over as, as is as is what we do see that when the price rises in the in the in the, the factories and that we saw that then being transferred over to store prices that was being paid and then as we moved into the autumn we saw very positive uh, uh, wean prices uh, being paid so uh, in terms of the output prices you know compared to previous years and that. We did. We got a nice kick there, and we got back up over that kind of four euro per kilo, which kind of is a is a kind of a line in the sand that people want to be above, and rightly so. It's kind of any of our analysis that we've done over the years is you know people want to make uh, a reasonable return on the hours they're putting into a beef farm and have some bit of money both to reinvest in the farm, but also then to for living expenses and that it does need to be above that four euro per kilo, and really you know kind of from the second quarter onwards on for this year that's more or less where it was and stood and has stood for the year so output prices are good but i suppose the downside of that then catherine was um for different reasons i suppose we saw input prices also uh starting to creep up and uh, that's the worry i suppose as we move into 2022 is where will they stop i know and while outputs have increased as you've said what way are input prices likely to be in 2022? Yeah, well, if I suppose we look back even for 2021, we had our Outlook conference there at the start of December and um, the, the the figures were presented on all the different enterprises and that. And if we look at what happened on the beef side of the house, the big one, that the, the big one I suppose that we saw in 2021 was a ride in feed prices so um the, the outlook conference had it there that, that they estimated for 2021 that overall costs went up by nine percent on beef farms but that was significantly driven by um feed at an increase in 20 percent and then fuel costs now listen there's not electricity and not a huge amount of electricity on dry stock farms of fuel but it would be there would be a certain amount in terms of diesel and that went up by 16 percent um, we started to see, I suppose, the, the the rise in fertilizer price coming in the kind of third quarter, but that didn't really impact because most people at that stage had what fertilizer they're going to put out. So the big worry is that the fertilizer and forage costs for 2022. And again, if we go back to that conference, the Outlook conference, all the indications are that they're going to they're going to remain up. I suppose the the for the last couple of months, the, the the hope was that maybe this was just a blip and that the whole world marketing had reorganized in that, but with very high gas prices being predicted for right into 2022, uh, the outlook, the economists, our Jagas economists in, in, in on the outlook conference, didn't, uh, they weren't very uh, optimistic in terms of, of any of that dropping back. And I mean, they're talking on beef farms really for 2021. 
that forage costs could be rising by as much as um, 30, 35 percent uh, in in 2022. So that's the big one is and then me feed costs and energy costs, too, are also going to rise again on 2021. So a further 10 or 11 percent on those again. So while the, while the, the beef one. And then if we look at beef output prices, we're probably, probably um, okay for 2022. Based on those figures, Piers, are cattle supplies expected to rise again in the new year or what do we expect? Yeah, so what, what we're seeing on the cattle supply front is that um, we knew all along, I suppose, 2021 in comparison to 2020. I mean, the board B figures that were coming out this time last year were that there wouldn't be as many cattle available for slaughter in 2021 as there were in 2020. And I suppose that's what's been that that is one of the reasons why we've seen um, an increase in the price. Say we've seen a twelve percent rise for average for argument's sake in beef in steer prices uh, in twenty twenty one. But we've seen that across the board too, and in, in all the other um, uh, categories too. And part of that was driven by by lower supplies in the factories here, but it's also been driven by um, in terms of demand side um, across our, our biggest market in the UK, good strong demand there in 2021 across Europe. And um, but globally, beef prices have also been on the rise in 2021 for for a number of different reasons. Um, again, going back to that Outlook conference, you know, what was being predicted for 2022 is that, well, and we've known this for a while, is that while we had lower numbers of cattle in 2021, there is going to be probably an extra 40, 50,000 cattle in 2022 being processed compared to 2021. And, and that's just going back to there was lower live exports last year. Um, and that, that's feeding now through into 2022. So we've, we've known for the last... 12 months that 2022 is probably going to the supply is going to start rising again but it's probably it's not if you look at the age brackets where it is it's not going to really start rising until the second half of the year so definitely for the first half of the year we'd be listen it's hard to call anything can happen world markets and different things like that but as things stand today december uh, you'd be saying that the first half is looking quite positive second half is going to be impacted by increased supplies and um, you know that extra 40,000 the vast majority of those are likely to come out in the second half now I suppose if there's really strong cattle prices in the first half of the year that might suck some of those cattle that were going to be killed in the second half of the year back into the first half so that 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 would definitely be a help the other thing that we're being told is that there's um, increased shipping costs and they're not likely to drop uh, significantly in 2022 uh, to bring beef imports into Europe. So there'll be less of them um, and European beef production is going to drop slightly. Um, and we don't we don't expect a huge uh, change in the demand. Um, so all of that is positive for beef supply, for beef output prices. Uh, but I suppose the big question in everybody's mind then is, yeah, that's fine. Um, we're going to see north of hopefully four euro a kilo throughout 2022 and maybe even better. Um, but the, the, that 33% rise in forage costs and 10 or 15% rise in feed and fuel costs over above what already arised there in 2021, the, the, the worry is that that will swallow up a lot of that extra benefit that we're going to get in the output prices. Most definitely, Pearson, it's unlikely that cattle prices are going to cover this expected increase. It's hard to say, Catherine. Listen, um, if you were to stand back coldly and look at it as it stands at the moment, 
and what the economists say um, are looking at it and saying, yeah, if we got this rise, price rise and these input costs, yeah, as it stands at the moment, those input costs are likely to, to swallow up most of the extra output. But listen, it, it's hard to call these things because if you stand back and look at it, say, go back to this time last year and look at the, the, what was being predicted for 2022, there wasn't that rise in the price of beef being predicted. And then if you look at lamb prices, there wasn't anything that the rise that was in lambs. So we don't we don't really, you know, it's it's a hard one to call. And, you know, maybe 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 the prices will be even higher than, than we're predicting at the moment and it'll help. But as yeah, you're right, as it stands at the moment, you stand back and look at the sums and look at what's been predicted for the price rise for next year, the price for next year and the input cost rise, a lot of it will, if not all of it, will be swallowed up. But but that's really people have to stand back and look at their own costs too and their own system and how what they can do to mitigate against that. I suppose, Pierce, exposure to these rising costs will differ depending on the intensity of the system and the beef system. It will. There's that some there, you see. So if you take a, a suckler to Weanland farm who's on a, a reasonably average stocking rate or even a low stocking rate, you know, they're not going to have a huge fertilizer bill because they're not going to, they're not stocked them significantly high. Um, so and they probably don't spend a huge amount on meal, maybe a certain amount of meal to weanlands before they're weaned or coming up to sale and that. So so they're not as exposed to say a rise in the high input prices. Whereas you go to say the opposite system, the exact opposite system will be if you like a, a highly stocked calf to beef enterprise, an awful lot of animals, not higher stocking rate will need to have a high output, uh, high inputs of fertilizer to make enough silage for the winter, need to have enough for grass, will quite a bit of meal being fed maybe over the winter to weanlands and finishing cattle. So they are more exposed than the input side. But the flip side of that argument too, and you can't really forget it too, is that a rise in beef price though, benefits the higher input the higher input higher stock farm too so there is that equation that's there that you know like okay the the lowly stocked say suckler to weanland low input system uh, won't be as exposed and won't have as big a cash outflow as 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 the more intensive farm but the more intensive farm that has the benefit that when their beef price rise does come that they significantly benefit too from that so it's just where does it land in terms of does one cover the other, cover the others. And, and read the big thing we'd say to people here on this is know your own costs. But I mean, we, we do profit monitors with people and all the time. And some of the best profit monitors that you'll do with people are not the profit monitor for the year that's just gone by. It's the predicted profit monitor for the year ahead. And, and most people at this stage, uh, because if they're in a pretty stable system, will know what numbers of animals they're going to be selling in 2022. They can sit down and do a very quick sum in terms of, well, listen, if beef price stays where it is today, and that's all really you can do is say that at that today's price and the number of animals I'm going to sell next year, what will my output be? And a good way then of looking at that is in saying, well, if 50% of that output went on variable costs, what does that allow me to spend on fertilizer and feed and fuel and contractor and different things like that? And and if 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 you can do that sum and it leaves you then with the surplus, well then you know you're doing you're you're in the right direction. But if it doesn't leave you with the surplus, you have to stand back then and say, well, do I need to do something different? Most definitely doing a predictive profit monitor will definitely help plan for the year ahead. But what else can farmers do to try lessen the effect of these increases at farm level? Yeah, so listen, if you stand back again and look and go back to what we said a few minutes ago there, that the, 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 what's going to be the big one really, Catherine, is fertilizer. Um, and 
listen, there's a couple of things about this. One, number one, yeah, you have to be careful in terms of what much money you spend because cash flow is important on a farm, but you also want to make sure that you do end up at some level of a, of a surplus at the end of the year. Um, but the other side of this too is you, you do have to be careful that there are certain things that have to be done. And, and the big one is making enough silage for the winter of 22, 23. So That'd be our little, I suppose, health warning is that whatever you do, make sure you do plan that you have enough forage for, for, for going into next winter because but you don't want to end up as a situation where high input costs, you know, uh, dissuade you from making enough silage or pulling back and saying, maybe I'll make it later in the year if fertilizer prices drop. No, we'd say make your plan for first cut silage. But then on the other side of that is in terms of, you know, there is there is there is the use of slurry. I mean, there's a lot of talk in the media at the moment, they you know, making more use of slurry. Um, there's a soil sampling campaign there going on at the moment in terms of the department scheme. But even if you're not in that, we'd say, you know, get out there and get soil samples taken and see which fields that are priority fields for P and K, because P and K is not cheap either. But certain fields in your silage fields we'd be saying would be number one priority. And then see where can you make best use of slurry in the spring. Um, and and lime is the other big one. I mean, we've been banging this drum for a long number of years now that uh, a lot of farms um, uh, need extra lime. Their, their pH is it uh, needs to be increased, and because if it, and if it does, you get better use for the nitrogen you do put out. So there's a lot of people putting out nitrogen fertilizer, um, and they're not getting their best bang for the buck because uh, their, their their soil pH is just too low, and they need to they need to rectify that. And, you know, putting out a small amount of lime can can often have a huge impact on, on a beef farm and can get more money for for your um, costs. Listen, there's longer things you can do in terms of clover and all that. And that's probably for another day because they won't be a quick fix solution. But I mean, it, it's it's really looking at what fertilizer you're going to, to, to buy and where will you get best use for it in the first six months of the year and then, then reevaluating it after that. The other thing I'd say is that um, in terms of supply, it would be a good idea if people can um, buy forward buy some, not all of the fertilizer, obviously, but to kind of de-risk this. Uh, there is some talk that there may be um, an impact on supply and that people might find it hard to get. And you know what? You don't want to end up in a situation where maybe you're in February and um, the weather is reasonably good and you find it hard enough to get, um, to, to get fertilizer to put out to grow grass, to turn cattle out early. Because... It'll still pay uh, if you stand back and look at even at the high price of nitrogen that's there at the moment. Um, it, it, if you look at the economics of it, it still pays to put out that fertilizer to get the grass that's good for, for, the, for the amount of grass that you're going to get. Because by grazing that grass, you're not eating silage, you're not eating expensive meal. If it means you don't have to open up a, a, a silage pit that maybe you are planning to open up or you can close up a silage pit early and leave it there till next year, it's less silage that you have to make in 2022 because silage is expensive and is going to be really expensive if you stand back and look at the figures for 2022. So if you can hold on to some of the silage that you currently have and don't feed it out to cattle this winter because you can get out and graze grass that you've grown, um, that'll be a big saving in 2022. Some key points that farmers can implement on their own farm. And Pierce, finally, what are the key things that stand out for you when you review the year? Yeah, listen, I suppose if you review the year, it's been positive on the on the on the beef price one side of things, um, which allows people to plan. And that's from our point of view, working in Chagas, it's always great when you see a little bit of optimism coming into the beef side of the house because you can start working with clients then in terms of planning their future and investing in their farm. 
Um, we've also launched um, we've launched a new program there. Um, I know you had uh, Martina Harrington on uh, earlier in the month um, talking about the Future Beef program. So we're very excited about that program. It's a it's our new uh, suckler beef demonstration farm program with twenty four farms, um, and that's going to be we're going to be getting out on those farms in twenty twenty two. We'll also be launching uh, a dairy beef five hundred campaign, which is obviously around the whole area of dairy calf to beef. Um, we're putting a lot of going to be putting a lot of resources also into that. And also then, Catherine, looking ahead into the, the first quarter in 2022, uh, we're planning on the beef side of the house uh, to get out on a number of farm events uh, in late February, early March on those uh, future beef farms and dairy beef 500 farms uh, to look at um, the whole really topics that we've been talking about for the last few minutes. Uh, fertilizer use, making enough silage and quality silage, um, lime, soil testing. So we will be having on-farm events um, to cover those topics and to give people advice and a little bit of guidance. And at that stage, we'll probably know a little bit more in terms of where fertilizer prices have settled. And then later in the year, um, uh, there is a plan. We don't have a date put in the diary yet for it, but we we are hoping COVID allowing and that we are hoping to run a, a major open day again in Chagas Grange. Uh, we didn't get to do it in 2020 because of COVID. Um, there was a very successful uh, open day in Moor Park this year over a couple of days. So we'll be hoping in July, probably around July, that we will have a big open day uh, in, in Grange called Beef 2022. So we'll be back talking to you more about that one again. Thanks, Pierce. It seems irrespective of farming system, some plan on how to tackle the input cost issue will be needed in the new year. Happy New Year and it looks like an exciting year ahead. Thanks, Catherine. Just want to wish everybody a happy new year and uh, best wishes for, for 2022. And just to thank all of the Chagas staff that are working on the beef side. Uh, we have a massive team across the organization in terms of uh, advisors, research, administration staff, technicians working across the organization, across a huge number of different program areas and that. Um, there's a lot of challenges. Again, in 2021, COVID-related especially, and as we move into 2022, and, and I'm also thinking, you know, we have a lot of farms that are working over the Christmas too, and staff coming in over the Christmas, and just to thank everybody that's involved uh, throughout the organisation and wish everyone a really happy new year and looking forward to working with everybody in the new year, Catherine. That's all for this year's episode, and my thanks to Pierce for joining me on the show. I'd like to wish all you listeners a very happy and safe new year. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening. <laughs>